Georgia Virtue presents the Let Me Tell You Why You're Wrong podcast. In episode 254, we have No Joy in Rousetown, The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly of School Systems. I'm Dave Roberts. With me is my partner's endeavor, writer, journalist, Obviously, the problem, Jessica Salaji. Hello. I forgot dog, mom, and owner of the Georgia Virtue, right? Yeah. It's okay. Problem works for all of it. Yeah, you are the problem. I, 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 do you know how big of a pain in the ass you have to be to be named, not as a defendant in a lawsuit or the plaintiff in a lawsuit, but just referenced in a lawsuit? It's not the first time. <laughs> Not the first time either, but that's okay. I think it's for a good reason. No, I, I, it's fine. It's fine. It's just, it's just funny. It, uh, it, it, it amuses me when, when I hear, when I hear stuff like that, because people think that you're this six foot tall monster behind a keyboard, who's, who's bent on just destroying stuff. I'm like, no, no. Jessica's one of those people that would like local governments do stuff correctly? Well, it was just like, I just happened to be given the transcript on the case that they're referencing too. And I wrote about it and it was the one where the judge said the man should be taken out, shot about back and shot in the head after he was, um, he pleaded guilty to child molestation. And, and I think we all, um, Agree with the sentiment. Yeah, about people, particularly the ones where we, I mean, aside from the concept that people sometimes plead guilty to things that they're not actually guilty of or that people are wrongfully convicted, aside from that, I think that known child molesters, I think we all have the same thoughts and feelings about them. So irrespective of that, we all also know that a judge cannot say those things. Um Regardless of what point it is in the in the process, so an officer but, of the court shouldn't be saying that. I mean, it, it's not just the judge; the the prosecutor shouldn't, the the defense attorney shouldn't. I mean, there's a there's a standard th- that has to be upheld within the legal profession. And being a show off judge, and, and there's nothing I hate worse than a show off judge. Uh, I can't say nothing I hate worse, uh, but. There's, there's, there was no call for it. Act like a professional. Right. And this happened back in 2021. And I think we talked about it on the show then, but, um, recently there was a court filing where, um, another man has been charged with child molestation. And and this actually in a rape case from a a college, um, a Georgia Southern campus rape case, um, the attorneys read my article and got the transcript that I referenced. Well, I actually published it in the article, but they got the the full copy, and um, they had the judge successfully removed from the case because he showed he demonstrated bias um, in in his comments. So even though it wasn't the same charge, it was still a sex offense. And so this is the second time um, where, the, but this time it actually is the same charge. But I feel like if someone, if we're talking about an alcohol 
Um, and that person was ultimately acquitted by the way, but, um, and sadly he took his own life after all of the chaos because the judicial system ruined him, but that's another story for another day. Um, but the, if the judge could be removed from the case in a rape case with adults and a similar charge, I feel sure that they could recuse him in this instance. So it's not for the wrong reasons, you know. No, even if, even if the judge feels that way and he's like wholeheartedly feels that way, then fine, let's just call it a day and not give him any sex crime cases and let another judge handle them because people, guilty or not, deserve a fair trial and the guilty ones deserve a fair and just process too because if they're actually guilty, you want them to not have a reason for an appeal. The, the best thing I heard, a uh, way of explaining being a, a good justice or good judge was Neil Gorsuch when he was going through a confirmation. And he said, you have to sit down and take all of your thoughts on a subject and you leave them at the kitchen table. And you walk in with a, with a blank slate. Mm-hmm. And you have, you have the law and you have the Constitution in front of you and you hear the facts on the case. Uh, I think they were asking him about a specific ruling and he says, I would have to hear the facts of the case. I, I take all my personal stuff and I leave it at home and walk in with a blank slate and, and hear the facts of what is being brought f- before me. And you have, you have to do that as a judge. I mean, look, there's nobody that, that hates abusers more than I do. And look, I agree with them. <laughs> yes, you're a child molester. I mean, if he truly was a child molester, yeah, a bullet is, is, is a really good cure. But we don't say that as public officials. We don't say that as people in power. We don't say that as somebody who has the authority to take freedom from you. We don't say that. And we don't do things that that endanger convictions because we are professionals. Right. Professionals act as they must, not as they feel. So uh, I signed out on, on my week. I've got a friend who is moving to Georgia from uh, from Las Vegas area. Uh, she's been a member of the bar out in uh, Nevada for, for quite a few years. Uh, somebody I went to high school with. So she's actually a, a fairly accomplished attorney for, from, from what I understand. Uh, got a job offer from, of all places, Fulton County. Mm. If, you, if, you, if, you want to work, if you want to work as a prosecutor, I know she's done defense before and, and of course, every private attorney does personal injury. The, but I, t- I told her, I said, I said, look up, you know, look up Fanny Willis. Look at, just, just do, just do, do your, do your research. And then I got her in touch with our, hopefully with our DA, which we can't match their pay, but the work environment coming to Paulden County has got to be better than going to Fulton every day. Got to yeah. be. So, but it was, it was interesting. I mean, that's, that's, that's one of the cool things about knowing knowing people is like, oh, well, you're really interested in getting into the prosecutorial side. You know what? Let me get you in touch with the DA. I, I know, I, I know that uh, we're always looking for experienced attorneys to come over to, to the DA's office, and we have an outstanding DA in uh, in, in Paulding County now, and he's he's uh, he, he's doing a lot to restore. Uh, the public trust in that office after after we had Dick Donovan, which will tie into one of our later stories. So, my Cherie Ralston is not going to the Capitol. 
And if she does, she'll be in the gallery. Yeah, I think um, it goes to show you that people liked having a Ralston as the representative as speaker and not necessarily just because they loved Ralston because um, they handily rejected her and and um, picked a banker, I believe. Well, I viewed this race very similarly to a uh, to an incumbent. She had five opponents, four or five opponents. And it appears that the uh, in the runoff, the opposition coalesced and and kept her out of office. I, I, look, I, I, I don't know. I'm sure it was a I, I think it was a pretty low turnout runoff. I mean, hell, it was end of January. I mean, good Lord. By this time, people have been voting every three weeks for six months. So the people that actually did go vote were people that had strong opinions about uh, about about things, and 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 she lost. Now, look, I don't think she spent a million and a half up there. She's still sitting on a bunch of money. Yeah, but where is all that money going to go? If if she is smart. She could turn it into being a power broker. Not running for office herself for her own glory, but if she has things that she wants to get done, is support the 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 candidates in the upcoming elections that meet her values and and what she wants to do. Because she she look, personally, she'd take whatever she has left over, uh, one and a quarter or whatever she has. And give it to Shepherd's Rest Ministries out here in Paulding and let them do something good with it and help people. But I, I'm fairly certain it'll stay in the political realm. Little, little advertisement for, for the charity I, I sit on the board for. <laughs> well, it's better than a little advertisement for Cherie Ralston. So. Well, there you go. All right, Jessica, you want to read the next story in? Yeah, so on Thursday of last week... Um, no, I mean what you wrote on the on the outline. No, um, <laughs> she uh, Jessica just wrote WTF on this one. Well, it'll, yeah, because it'll I don't really, story. I don't really understand. <laughs> I mean, I understand where they're coming from, but I don't understand why they think it makes good um, legislative sense. Um, so last week, two lawmakers um, introduced bills to basically prosecute prosecutors um, who don't do enough to prosecute crimes. And this is because Kemp is out there hollering about Democrat district attorneys like the one in Athens and, um, and other places. And for them not, you know, going after possession because you know in some counties um the da's office handles the misdemeanors because they don't have a state court or they don't have the infrastructure for it so whatever they but the prosecutors who are not um they just like they just decide to ignore some categories of charges well let's be clear the with what they're talking about right now they are including solicitors general and da's depending on where it applies right prosecutors Right. Um, but not um, individual ADAs. No, but 
I mean, that's who's going to be targeted the most because they're particularly like there are there are offices that will not do certain drug offenses or will not attach gang charges on because of how that affects when they go to prison or their probation sentences and things like that. And um, it's an ideological thing. And it's one of the reasons that, you know, as always, having Republican and Democrat prosecutors is a huge problem. Um, And they're, they're talking about going after when there's entire categories of crimes that they're refusing to. But as much as I literally hate prosecutors, um, this is not the solution that we're looking for. So, you know, in years past, they've had this prosecuting attorney's oversight commission, which I don't have a problem with. That's one that um, Joseph Gullett is sponsoring. I think he sponsored it two years ago. It didn't pass. It didn't pass last year either. And that's the one where it would basically be similar to the JQC where complaints could be filed if, if prosecutors are like, I mean, we saw with Jackie Johnson, I could, I would love to file complaints on Daphne Totten if there was a place to do it. I mean, prosecutors have huge problems. This solution with going after them um, for not prosecuting, like the first thing that comes to my mind living in Statesboro and having um, the Ogeechee Judicial Circuit with Georgia Southern here in the colleges is the rape cases. Like, All we do is sit here and complain about how when there's no proof and no evidence, like it may have happened, it may not have happened, but when there's no evidence to support the crime, you know, we, they they shouldn't move forward. And now you want to put a political body or a political mechanism in place to force them to prosecute or put pressure on them to prosecute, like... That sounds like the absolute worst idea yet. Well, and in my opinion, now I've not spoken to Joseph about this. I don't know. Um, Is Joseph sponsoring both of them? No. I didn't think so. He's just the oversight commission. Yeah, exactly. And and where I believe, and again, I haven't spoken to Joseph about this specifically. I spoke to him not long ago, but uh, I haven't spoken to him about this specifically. We went through the problem with Dick Donovan. Uh, it was a perfect storm where his stuff broke and then COVID happened. Bam. And nobody was happy about it, the, happier about it than Dick Donovan was. Uh, when COVID broke, there was a motion, there was not a, there was a movement uh, within the house to impeach him, which is the only way to remove a duly elected district attorney is to impeach him unless he's charged with a felony, which is in, was what ended up happening two years later. Um, but the, the frustration with us out here is there was no decent mechanism to get rid of Donovan. He was writing out his time to get his pension and he got it. Uh, the standards for recall are so high that it's almost impossible to, to recall. Uh, so making, making that mechanism easier and having an oversight board that isn't beholden just to, oh, you committed a felony, but. You know, in in Donovan's case, there was plenty of evidence. There was Matt Lowe got it, uh, former co-host, got it. And it was hours upon hours upon hours of just cringeworthy sexual harassment Mm -hmm. that that this person, that the victim had on on tape. 
So where he's coming from this, in my opinion, again, I haven't heard directly from Joseph on it, is the frustration that we all felt out here with how the hell do we get rid of Dick Donovan? And for those who don't remember, he was with a victim's rights advocate and was inappropriate is not the right word for it. Um, it was a, when the case finally, when the case finally came out two years later, uh, he he went ahead and pled guilty, gave up his law license, and resigned, and all that stuff for a probation uh, only sentence. Yeah, I mean, look, he's never going to practice law again. Um, but there was a it was two years of frustration out here with us. Is how how in the hell is Dick Donovan still running that office? And he and got fact, paid the whole time. And he got paid the whole time, but even within the within the office, the functionality in the office was 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 just non-existent. They were completely dysfunctional. Um, our our new DA Matthew Rollins uh, was holding it together as as the lead ADA at the time, and and he he was trying to hold this hold this office together, and. There's the there's just a there's a genuine frustration with not being able to get uh, Donovan out of that office. And the only way to do it is impeachment. I mean, uh, until he got charged with a crime and then the governor removed him. But impeachment. But one, you can't with forty legislative days. You don't have time to run an impeachment. You're gonna have to get enough. Uh, call a special session. And and go from there to, to impeach, and and then the the senator is going to have to uh, hold a trial so it, in a special session. It, it'd be it's it it's less likely to happen, right? Obviously, in Congress, they're full time. They're there every day. They've got nothing better to do than drop articles articles of impeachment. Um, but when you have forty legislative days crammed into two two and a half months, you don't have time. With 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 trying to get the bills that you want to get through to hold a trial, you have to have a special session for that, and it's just the it, it's a it's kind of a broken system because none of these none of these senators or, or reps want to go back for a special session for that stuff. No, and they don't want to. I mean, they're they're political people. They don't want to do political things that might negatively impact them right also with an impeachment for us your representatives out in paulding county have to convince reps from south georgia to give a damn about it mm-hmm. enough enough to to support a a uh, uh one the resolution and uh, articles of impeachment and two to get their butts back to atlanta to go have a have a special session So th- with that, I, with that's the motivation. the The problem is Republicans won't always have both houses and the executive branch in Georgia. And you have to remember when the pendulum swings and you have these commissions, now the appointees are going to be Democrats, and it could oh. be. Uh, DAs that refuse to to enforce uh, some of the new rules that the ATF has. That they, these prosecutors are like, no, we're not going to deal with it. If federal government wants to do it; they can do it. But we're not going to do it. 
you know, I, I, I truly believe these, these solicitors and, and DAs who are not going after pot are doing it because they're losing cases. They're getting jury nullification. Uh, no one cares. About, I say no one. Not enough people care about pot to make it a political issue anymore. They just don't care. Uh, you have me take a day off from work to sit down and hear somebody who's who had half an ounce of weed in his house? I don't know. Not guilty. Don't care. Go away. Well, and I mean, a district attorney is a constitutional officer. We mess up constitutional offices when we start making statutory changes to those constitutional positions. I mean, there's a reason... It's 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 another branch of government, and there's a reason that there are certain protections that were put in place in the beginning because that's how we wanted it to be. And just the 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 downside of discretion is discretion, just like the upside of discretion is discretion. I mean, that's just. I wish I had a better solution. Like I, I like like I've spoken before. I like the idea of the. The committee, the oversight committee, um, but I just because I don't have a better solution doesn't mean that this is the solution. Like this is not not a good idea. Well, and we're kind of merging two two bills into one, even though they're they're dropped at the same essentially at the same time. Well, because they put out a press release together um, from the Georgia House about introducing legislation to hold prosecutors accountable and. And Houston Gaines is the sponsor of the one um, for the recalls, and it it it's co-sponsored by Joseph Gullett. But it says that um, you know it would put into law Georgia law that part of the duties of a district attorney and a solicitor general is to review every individual case if probable cause for prosecution exists, as well as make a prosecutorial decision available. Excuse me prosecutorial decision available based on the facts and circumstances of each individual case under oath of duty and then failing to do so would make a prosecutor subject to recall adding to the existing criteria this legislation also lowers the threshold of signatures to recall a prosecutor well if you are serious about reforming the recall process you would change it for across the board right yeah but and they're not but the second the thing is is that other than this not being a reason to make them uh, an explicit reason to make them um, subject to recall, they already are like they're already required to look at every case. They already do look at cases in. in <sighs> well, and, and I'm going to take up for prosecute for, for DAs here for the actual district attorney. When you have larger uh, areas like Fulton County, how can how can Fannie Willis look and evaluate every case that's in her office? Mm. Now, if you're saying that there should be an ADA that looks at every one of these, sure, absolutely, and evaluate it on, on its merits. But there's there's no reason to to go to court. And, and look, neither one of these bills is going after individual case uh, discretion. If you decide that for whatever reason, as as a DA or ADA, uh, I'm not going to prosecute this guy. Uh, I see nothing but problems with with this case. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna null process it, or we're just you know we're just gonna drop the charges, drop charges outright because it's not this case is isn't a winner. Uh, 
But for somebody like Fannie Willis, and I, I rarely do I take to, to her defense, there are so many arrests, so many uh, uh, people that are in Fulton County Jail, and so so many cases that that are pending in Fulton County. There's there's no way, even on a 24 hour day, that she could get through and actually evaluate the merits of every individual case that that would cross her desk. There's just no way. Right. Now, it, it, should her office review it? Of course. Of course, I mean that that uh, somebody like Willis has got, you know, a whole whole team of prosecutors at at, at every level and 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 specialists in in each area, and you know, for it to go to an ADA is fine, but to to expect even out here, there's no way that the DA himself could read and evaluate every arrest and and decide on prosecution. No. You know, luckily we voted in a state court and don't have uh, misdemeanors being tried by the DA anymore. Which is a good thing because you, the last thing you want is an, well. No, we claim, we, we complain people aren't getting a speedy trial. And the way to do that is to get misdemeanors off the docket and right. send those to state court. This is a good time to remind you that these are our opinions and not those of anyone, not on the show or any respective company for which we may work own or otherwise associate ourselves with on a regular or irregular basis. Also, you can find other episodes and relevant stories over at the georgiavirtue.com. It's time for the meal of the week. This week is mine and it's on the national level. Bernie Sanders is selling tickets through Ticketmaster to his anti-capitalism book tour. What a clown. So Ticketmaster, who's been lambasted in, in Congress for the Taylor Swift thing and bots and all that stuff, uh, I, I haven't heard his his statement specifically on what happened with, with the Taylor Swift stuff. Um, but he's using a capitalist system, Ticketmaster, selling tickets for like 100 bucks a piece to go hear him talk about how awful capitalism is. I don't know if he's going to talk about his three houses or not. I have no idea. So he gets the, I mean, look, he could get Neil the week every week when he talks. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get to education. The good. An anti-gay letter led to superintendent's resignation, but the community wants her back. Yeah, this happened down in Ben Hill County, which is where... Eric is from in South, South Georgia, Fitzgerald area. Um, But I guess, so they have an interim superintendent and her name is Dawn Clements. And I guess there was some sort of, um, like, not necessarily behind the scenes because they knew who was doing it, but there was a letter being circulated um, and like in the community by some far right um, people who also practice the Christian faith um, that condemned gay people and openly and identified her as openly gay, um, which I don't know. I mean, I don't know her situation doesn't really matter, but I don't know if she perhaps was like somebody who, you know, is well known and people knew that she was gay, but she wasn't like just, public about it or what but I, I guess it identified her as openly gay 
So she, I guess because of the publicity around it um, and the not wanting to cause problems within the school district, she submitted her resignation. And on a Saturday, they had a special called meeting and rejected it. Um, And hundreds of students and teachers were there to support her. I guess she's worked in the school system for a long time. I'm assuming she had some admin position if she was appointed the interim superintendent. Like she had to be. Yeah, she had 22 years uh, as teacher, coach, principal, administrator. Um, So she may have been a principal that was tasked to to be. But she'd already already been in school administration before. Mm -hmm. Um, First of all, openly gay or not. I mean, look, I don't care. Yeah, it's 2023. I didn't know we were still. What's the movie that we uh, with Kevin Klein in and out? Mm-hmm. Uh, where he's a he's a school teacher and he's, he's he's staying in the closet and and it finally comes out that he's gay. You know when he's trying to get married. It's, it's obviously a comedy, but it's a comedy with this with the same theme um, that the community came came to his defense because what a good teacher he was and one of the. Uh, it was it was uh, Bob Newhart was the was the headmaster or whatever he was, uh, and then the kids start standing up. Go! I shook his hand once. Oh my God! I'm not now. I'm gay. Uh, but it was a fictionalized version of of what this is. Look, I, from the picture I saw, I don't I, I don't think if she was in the closet, the closet had a wicker door on it. But who cares? Well, I think there's lots of people who live their lives and people know, but like they just don't talk about it. And honestly, like it's really how we should all be living, in my opinion. Like you put the information out to the world that you want the world to know. And that's that's how a lot of people live. But for, you know, she was and they said that they thought that perhaps it was the stress about it that led her to resign because I'm sure. You know, like, who wants to be the subject of a letter? I don't care what the letter says, unless the letter is going around that was like, hey, we're all collecting money for so-and-so because we think they're a freaking amazing person or we want to give them a bunch of puppies. Like, who wants to be the subject of a letter? I understand. Um, You're the subject of legal action. I mean, come on, you're... (laughs) Right. But I mean, like, I I just don't... um, I'm proud of the community because not only did they like shut it down and say, um, no, we don't accept your resignation because this has nothing to do with your job, which I think is the most important message here, you know, and also like that's a pretty selfless person. She said that she doesn't want to be the poster child for anything. She's very low key. This is what the article said in that, um, you know, she wants to live her life. She, yeah, she just wants to do her job, and I think it's a very selfless position to just resign, and I think it shows where her priorities are, which would make a school system want somebody like her more than anything, especially in this world today where we see people fanning flames about everything in hopes of getting attention. Right. Look at me. This is, you know, identity politics. Look at me. Right. And she's doing exactly the opposite, which is... She's trying to run the school system, uh, temporary or not, the best of her ability and, and do the best for the students that she possibly can. And when you see a, a community come out like that, it really shows the 
the good side of of community of community education and the fact that they're not going to let a small group of bigots decide who's going to work for the school system. Right. And I I can't think of many things that are that are unchristlike than than acting like this, circulating a letter behind her back, being a hypocrite about loving your fellow man, but she obviously can't because uh, she she may uh, may go home to a woman that she's not qualified to be an administrator for the school system. You want to remove a, a superintendent? Let me see. Let me see the 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 bad decisions this person's made. You know the 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 just like the snow thing we had here, where the school stayed in because they're trying to get a half day, and kids got end up getting caught on buses. That's a reason to go ape doo doo on your on your school superintendent because that that was you know out here that's a, his call. But that 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 letter is obviously repugnant, and and it's good good on the community to rally around her like that. And good on her for not wanting to, to stand up and, and be some poster child for the rainbow uh, rainbow flag and all that. She just wants to do her job, do the best she can, and go home at night. Yeah. So the okay. bad. Yeah, so following that, a um, little bit, still in South Georgia, but moving pretty far east in Effingham County. Um, this happened in earlier of parts of January, but it's continued to unfold. And I actually put it on the outline to talk about a little while ago, but again, I wanted to see um, what else came out of it. So um, three students and their mothers, um, it's actually two families, if that makes sense, because two of the students are brothers with the same mother, and then there's a second student and her his mother. But there are three students who have filed a civil rights lawsuit against the Effingham County School District, alleging, quote, deliberate indifference to acts of racial, racial animosity. Man, I'm really struggling today. Um, towards black students while they've been attending the school. And they talked specifically about the high school. And um, they had another student at the College and Career Academy. And they said that there's an egregious pattern of deliberately ignoring complaints um, towards and the the harassment towards students so there's been a number of incidents which um included things like i hate n-words being written on a locker um and and this is one that i mean obviously having that written on a locker is um so 1960s and gross but um they, the baseball coach found it and he reported it to administration they conducted investigation and in the lawsuit, they're angry because it happened before Thanksgiving break, but parents weren't notified until December 6th, which when you consider like the week close, schools were closed and they're not doing anything, that's two weeks with the holiday. So I didn't really, I mean, I don't, I don't understand how that's like a deliberate indifference, but, um, cause they did, they certainly didn't ignore the. The incident. Um, and then there were incidents where the, a white student was caught on camera in a classroom mocking the, the the death of George Floyd. That actually went around on like social media and every and YouTube and everything when it happened. Um, a white student was allowed to wear a Hitler costume during Spirit Week um, last September. 
and after getting permission from a teacher. And then black students were prohibited from wearing Black Lives Matter clothing despite other students wearing Confederate flag attire and the flag being displayed inside the school building. So, um, yeah, where do you want to start? Well, context uh, is the is the Confederate flag being shown with a display of uh, history and the it and the was Civil a state War flag. Uh, yeah, if you, if you had a if you had a, a display of all Georgia's state state flags and updates and all that stuff, and one of them has has the stars and bars on it. I mean, that's just part of our history. Mm-hmm. It now was it a teacher walking down the hallway with with a rebel flag? You know, the context is everything on that, and we don't get context from from the uh, from the brief. Uh, the stuff on the on the locker. I'm I'm a I, first thing. I tend to believe that most of these things are fake, just like the the quote unquote noose in oh, it's a Bubba Wallace. Is uh, Eric would know better than I would. Bubba Wallace's uh, uh, garage, it was just a pull. Or the person that, that says she was attacked and wrote something negative on her forehead, but it was written backwards. She did it mm-hmm. to herself because she was doing it in the uh, in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, now anybody who writes on a locker is guilty of vandalism. I mean that it's absolutely it's it's vandalism. I I have a hard time believing that again in 2023 or 2022 when when this was done that some student went out and wrote that on on a on a uh, on a black kid's locker. I just I I have a we don't hard even know it was on that. a black kid's locker either. We just know that it was in the locker room, like. I mean, we don't know the context at all. Um, but just, okay, let's just say it was. Yeah, I mean. And, and the baseball coach caught it. He found it, and they conducted an investigation. I don't know what the investigation yielded because so much and, of that is private. It's protected. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, there's there's so much we don't know. And kids making fun of uh, – of George Floyd's death, I I don't necessarily think that's a, a racist thing or or what, but it's you know what kids, it is, is kids being stupid. Yeah, kids being kids. Yeah, kids being kids. You know your your sense of humor at at, at high school age is starting to develop. Your wit is starting to develop. You know it doesn't completely develop until for for men until they're probably their twenties. But your your sense of humor is starting to develop, to, to develop at that age, and sometimes you know things that we wouldn't find funny, kids find funny. Look, kids also eat buffet pizza, <laughs> and then your your tastes evolve, and you don't go get buffet pizza. Yeah. Um, I, I I it's I I don't I don't I don't see the merit of a lawsuit. So now, the Hitler the, costume, again, I don't know the context. I don't know the context either. I don't know what the, the um, you know, they have themes during homecoming weeks and spirit weeks and stuff like there's There's themes for them. So I don't know what the theme was. I think, I mean, if someone wants to be Hitler, I think it says a lot about them um, and not necessarily about anybody else. But 
you know, the, the four incidents that we laid out, the, the one that, I mean, if students wanted, if there was a student on the same day, you know, one wearing a Black Lives Matter shirt and another one wearing a Confederate shirt and only, and they both were causing a ruckus among students and only one was punished, I could understand that. Again, we don't know all of the context to it, but to me, the first the first thing that's coming out of all this is like, let's go to uniforms only. Um, put everyone, tell them that they must wear plain, you know, whatever the school colors are, shirts, and white, black, um, you know, red and gold. Those are the only shirts you can wear, and you have to wear khakis or black pants, and that's it. Like, no other choices. Like, that's a simple way if you want to be, if you want to really... Um, I guess, equalize everything. But the other stuff, I mean, they're angry that students weren't punished for these things when if someone wants to wear, if someone wants to dress up like Hitler in school or they want to dress up like Hitler on a regular day and go walk around the mall or go eat at a restaurant, that's their speech. Yeah, also doesn't mean you're a racist. Uh, Harry was wearing a Nazi costume at a Halloween party years ago. And now he's married to a black actress. So it wasn't, obviously wasn't coming from a place of racism. He was just doing something funny. Yeah. And, you know, honestly honestly for for Halloween, that's, you know, he dressed up as something scary. I, 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 not, we we see so much so much stuff and things that we've covered before and it was I can't remember which actress it was that dressed up as Crazy Eyes from uh, uh, from Orange of the New Black and darkened her face. It may have been Julian Huff, uh, but there was there was no harm intended. She's dressed up like a character like so you know we don't I don't know the context of the Hitler costume. Uh, Nazis aren't funny to me. Right. But I don't, context is everything on this. And, and sure, when you put it down in black and white, it, it's sort of something that, that, I, that I learned uh, years ago in corporate America is never say anything you don't want read back to you in court. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of the my cousin Vinny thing where he goes, that's when you shot the cook. I shot the cook? Yeah, you shot the cook. You mean I shot the cook or the the clerk, not the cook, the clerk, and it was him with his with his kind of New York uh, accent, kind of like like questioning, like you know what the hell's wrong with you? Are you saying I shot the clerk? Uh, and, but when it's read back to him, and he's sta- sitting in court, he goes, "I." He responded, "I shot the clerk. I shot the clerk." So con- context gets lost in this stuff, and. Again, I, I'm not saying that there's there isn't a problem necessarily in that high school, but I don't know that it rises to uh, a civil rights lawsuit. Right. And they want the DOJ to come in, or the you know Department of Ed, which would be in conjunction with, and they want them to do a, a civil rights investigation. Um, and then this past week, the ACLU. Um, joined the lawsuit, which they sell you does a lot of really great stuff. Um, you know, at least I would say at least 50% of the time I'm on board with what they want to fight for this. I'm not sure 
I guess like, you know, they always say like, what are the damages? And the damages I'm sure here are the violation of civil, their civil rights and um, pain and suffering or whatever. But my other question is like, what was the remedy? Like, what was the remedy for the N-word being written on lockers and not finding out for two weeks when one week was a holiday, so technically you didn't find out for one week? Um, because I'm sorry, I don't think that anything, like if we're talking about a sexual assault or alleged sexual assault or heaven forbid, like a death, then yes, I would totally expect for people to work somewhat through the holidays to figure something out. But vandalism? No, I, I don't think that our teachers and administrators should be there on their off time trying to crack open a, a supposed already cold case to find out who scribbled on a locker. Um, so you're talking about one week and I, I don't know. So the remedy is like, you want to be notified that same day. I mean, it's not mandatory reporting when it comes to vandalism. And then the other stuff, again, like the mocking of George Floyd and the Hitler stuff, while it may be distasteful and, and ugly, it's all 1A stuff. And I know that students don't have the same 1A protections in a school that they do everywhere else. I, I fully recognize that. But well, you know, a even civil rights investigation is not the way to remedy that. Right. With, with the George Floyd thing, if you have a student that's that's doing that and, and you're the teacher, it doesn't mean you need to throw them out of school as you, you grow up and say, look, that's not funny. Uh, we're, we're not, you know, we're not, we're not going to make those jokes in my classroom. And that's it. Mm-hmm. And that's the end of the conversation. But there's no reason to bring administration in, put them in, uh, suspend them or put them in in-school suspension or, or detention or anything else. You just go over to them and say, look, what, what, nothing you did is, is, is wrong on the street. You're not going to do it in school. That's it. The, the Hitler costume, I, I'd be, I'd be very, very curious. One to know where the hell he found a Hitler costume. Uh, and two, was it the only, if, uh, if I want to go as Zuckerberg from, from Facebook for, for Halloween, uh, the, yeah, there's a lot of pictures of, of him and Jack Dorsey with like the armbands with the Facebook emblem and the Twitter emblem on them and, uh, uh, and brown shirts and stuff. I don't know, man. I, I, I don't, it's curious to me because I guess I don't understand it because I, I just don't see that stuff. But the but the the end bomb on the locker, I mean, paint the locker uh, and there's obviously if it, if it was in a locker room, there's no there's no video cameras. No, and you know if it was, I hope you know, not. If the only people in there were the baseball team or whomever it was, a football team or baseball, I don't know, whatever whoever was in there. How about you make all of them go in there, paint the walls and paint the lockers and, and do it together and make it like a team building exercise or something. Like, I mean, there's a lot. Just wanting some sort of punishment is it, it really does nothing. And I, I don't understand how that's deliberate. Right. It, it, and I don't know how the hell they're going to find it. I mean, look, if this coach was trying to cover anything up, he just would have grabbed, uh, grabbed some paint and go over it real quick and move on with his day. But he reported it. So it was. It's not that the that the the teachers in the school, the coaches in the school, are are tolerating racism. They, I mean, he he reported it. What the hell are you can do about it? Right. All right. Let's get to the ugly. 
Yep, that would be my home county, Bullitt County. This past week, there was a um, school administrator hearing for disciplinary, I'm sorry, an employee hearing for discipline. Um, There was an incident, and I don't want to get caught up in the incident because it's really irrelevant to the story, but there was an employee that was um, basically accused of putting his hands on a student in some form or fashion. It was caught on camera, and so... Employees have a right to appear before the school board for a disciplinary hearing and then they make a decision, yada, yada, yada. So those meetings are open to the public. They're actually, um, the, they can talk about it in executive session about like what they want to do, if they're going to fire him, if they think they should put him on, you know, leave, um, cancels contract at the end of the year, whatever. But, um, they the actual hearing has to be conducted in an open meeting. And while sometimes that's a little bit tough because you reveal students' names, it is like explicitly outlined in the Georgia Open Meetings Act that these meetings are open to the public. They must, they shall be conducted um, as, as an open meeting. And Bullitt County streams their meetings to their websites, but they don't stream the employee disciplinary hearings to their website. So um, I was not present. However, there was a Georgia Southern student who was. She went to record it for class. And while she was there, um, she obviously was recording the whole meeting. And um, the school system asked her about an hour into it, told her she could get sued for having the footage and that she could get in a lot of trouble because she has no credentials. And so, um, I, like, it just infuriates me when I... So, uh, they the meeting was, like I said, held in... It was all on the up and up. And it was the, the student wasn't streaming it live. She was just recording it. Um, and the school system, obviously, when they, like, hand out paperwork, they have an obligation to de-identify minors. But as I've seen in court sometimes, like, there's a an incident where there's a court case that I'm covering that has to deal with murders and one child is still alive. So they try to refer to that a child that's still alive by its initials, even though everybody knows who it is, just out of respect for that child so that in, in the – and the media totally complies. Like, the media doesn't put them – um, on blast. And so, you know, I don't know what she was recording it for. It doesn't matter because you don't have to redact the names. Only the school system does. And if the school system had wanted in their meeting to, to talk about the minor by their initials, they could, but they chose not to. So they asked for the recording and she was super nervous. And so she contacted her, um, advisor and teacher and the, the journalism department was like, um, absolutely not. Like, you don't have to turn it over. You're not doing anything wrong. Um, and you have no legal obligation to do anything. But she handed them the card to her camera anyway. Um, because she says now that she felt intimidated. Um, so the school system, the there's a TV station that I'm sure that the journalism department reached out to TV stations. They would never dream of reaching out to me. Um, but they reached out to the TV stations and said that they held the meeting. They heard evidence. It was provided over by a hearing officer. Um, they obviously had their school board attorney there who is named Andrew Lavoie. Um, he was present and 
in this statement, she said, the spokesperson said, the school system is proud to host um, student teachers. They welcome the, the media, blah, 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 student journalism. Um, and they recorded the majority of the meeting. During the meeting, the Board of um, Education raised concerns about protecting the privacy of a minor student who testified at and who was referenced throughout the meeting. As the district's council was actively participating in the meeting on the superintendent's behalf, a representative of the district asked the student recording the meeting for permission for the district to hold the media card from the video camera until the student journalist's faculty advisor and council could be consulted. The student journalist who was recording the meeting agreed and willingly provided the media card to the district. Having now had the opportunity to consult with the faculty advisor and council and to discuss with the council about the competing right to record an open meeting and any privacy rights of the minor, the district has concluded that has concluded that audiovisual recording of the media or the meeting was authorized by, and they cite the Open Records Act. The district also concluded that no portion of the audiovisual meeting is protected by the FERPA, which is the federal law, and that um, because it's not maintained by the school district and thus is not protected education record. I don't know why they had to do any research to figure this out. I am extremely disappointed in the school system because I feel like our school system, while they have lots of problems like all school systems do, I think that they royally screwed this up to the umpteenth degree. Like, I cannot, first of all, had I been there, I would have totally intervened because, and I would have taken out my phone and started live streaming right there on the spot because I think it's that absurd. Um... Like, it's it's the most asinine thing, and, and and they would have never done that to a TV station, to the newspaper. To, they wouldn't have done it to me either. Um, and they said that this they returned the media card unaltered and will take no further action. Well, no shit. You will not take any further action. It's not yours to take action upon. And um, it makes me so mad. I'm sure you can tell, like, as this has gone on, my, my blood pressure is right. Like, it makes me so mad that I want to go even though they live stream stuff, I want to go live stream all their meetings now. And I hope they have another employee discipline hearing so I can live stream that too, because who the hell do you think you are? I understand their children. I understand. But you know, if you're going, here's the thing. It's kind of like the lawsuit with the Effingham school system. If you're going to make the accusations, they're referred to as like their initials in the court, court documents. And I understand. Um, I mean, you can figure out who they are because it says, and, and their, and his mother and, and their mother and, their names there, but um, I understand that's how the courts do it. But when it's kind of like the, one of those things, like the risk you take, if you decide to pursue a certain process and and see, like sometimes life just puts you in the spotlight. I had my own situation where it put me in the spotlight. I didn't want to be in the spotlight, but my name was all over the spotlight. I'm not talking about the freaking lawsuit from earlier in the show, I'm talking about a personal situation where I was put on in the, it was put in the, like, that just happens. That's just life. And I'm sorry that the students, they want to protect their privacy, but it's an open meeting and it's just a consequence of life. They're going to be okay. Well, we don't want those meetings being held behind closed doors. Hell no. So, it's either public meeting or it's not. And yes, they absolutely did intimidate. I'm I'm guessing she's She's a junior, so she's 19 and 21. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, some kids are walking into school as as juniors with with community colleges and getting college credit and all that stuff. So 
but she's going to be fairly young and she's surrounded by a lawyer and uh, and other people say hey you need to hand that over and yeah i guarantee she she won't be intimidated again she i, I guarantee she learned her lesson oh and i'm sure that i i know for a fact like i have my complaints about the journalism department because they don't really recognize us as real media but i also know some of the things they do teach and i think they do a great job in that respect and they do they do teach the importance of like even the worst left wing far you know super biased um educators and media outlets reject this kind of garbage and that's something that there's uni- there's they're in unison on and I'm, and so i respect that but like i feel sure that the neck whether it was it happened tuesday i don't know when they have class if it's on wednesdays or thursdays or what but i have i feel certain that if it hasn't already happened it will be happening where there is a a dedicated class on this specific thing and like a debriefing on it because of how egregious it was. Like, can you imagine? Let like, can you imagine if a a government official or a lawyer for a government asked me to hand over my stuff? Like, I'd be on the news for sure. Oh yeah, you being Gitmo. Yeah, because I I mean I just like it's the most asinine thing. It's so egregious. And and I they can say all day long that they um that it, you know, they wanted they they did some consulting and research and it was authorized by two different state code sections and um has nothing to do with the federal privacy laws. Like they can say all day long that they just wanted to make sure. But the reality is if you have a school board attorney who is paid by the school system, they should already know. And your admin board office should already know what those laws are, or at least have them on hand in a little handy-dandy folder or notebook so that you can reference them quickly in an open meeting so that you don't have to, to make fools of yourself like this. Um, yeah, the cred- credentials things is what got me, is you don't yeah. need a credential to be in a public meeting. You don't Number need a one. credential for jack sh- unless it's a private event because the public is the press and the press is the public. Well, yeah, you need a credential to get into uh, a sporting event as, right. as, as a reporter or something like that. But to everybody's a journalist now. Everybody who goes and puts a puts something out on Twitter uh, is is an opinion writer. Sure. So but that's the power yeah. of the press is that literally anyone can be can help. I mean, it's why the First Amendment is all lumped into one, because it's not just the press. It is the First Amendment and the gatherings and every, and everything else. And it's the first for a reason. Yeah. And you can get you can get press credentials online. They may not be recognized by by whichever place you're trying to get into, but you can get an ID that says press on it online pretty cheap. Right. So Jessica, closing thought? Um, it's just, it's very brief because I know we're running long. But um, the LaGrange police chief, Luke, or Lou Deckmar, resigned this past week as well. And I think it's a wonderful day for Georgia and for police um, departments across the state because he was part of the Association of Georgia Chiefs of Police or whatever the thing is. But um, he is the fool who implemented the training protocol of aiming for the pelvis, the arms, and the legs to shoot to incapacitate. 
as a mechanism to earn trust and maintain confidence of the public because he believed that if you use deadly force but you don't kill them, you would earn the public's trust. Um, And he was also the police chief who touted using warning shots to, like, send a message. So um, across the board, super awesome. Well, good. See ya. Yeah, Yeah, I remember we were talking about that story. Uh, you know, give him a warning shot, shoot him in the pecker. Because there's nothing in the pelvis that would cause you to bleed out. Nothing like a femoral artery or anything like that by shooting somebody in the leg. Idiot. Bye-bye. I just got a quick quick story. I was at, uh, I was at Publix and a very sweet cashier. She's been there a long time. Customers will actually wait in line for her. Like another rich will open up like, no, we'll, we'll stay here. But she's a, a little bit of a dingbat. So I was wearing a sweatshirt that has Whiskey Tango Foxtrot written on it. And that in the phonetic alphabet is WTF. Mm-hmm. And she saw it. She goes, oh, Foxtrot. Are you a dancer? I'm like, what? Excellent. Isn't the Foxtrot, aren't you, isn't the Foxtrot a dance? Uh, yeah. And then she wanted to talk about, I said, it's just phonetic spelling of WTF. And then she continued to talk about dancing. So I just... Let her, I just nod my head. She's very sweet. But of all the comments I've gotten on on my Whiskey Tango Foxtrot sweatshirt, that's probably the best. That's hilarious. Are you a dancer? <laughs> Dave the dancer. Yeah. Yeah. All 270 pounds of me. Yeah. I'm so light on my feet. Excellent. <laughs> I love it. So on that note, big thank you to Eric Gumby, who takes our awful audio and turns it into something you can listen to. For Jessica Salagi, my partner in this endeavor, I'm Dave Roberts. We'll talk to you next week. Catch me howling at the moon